Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here because today we are tackling a big topic that I get asked about a lot, and that is all about not only putting safe foods on your kid's plate, which we'll discuss in detail if you're new to that idea, but then what to do if your kid only wants the safe food or only eats the safe food, or if you think it's a safe food and then it changes in the middle of the meal. So let's get into that. But first, I just want to say a huge thank you for being here, for subscribing, for listening, for downloading, for sharing with your mom friends, for uh, just continuing to send in all of your requests for episodes for this new year. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to tackle some topics here on the podcast. We're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive. I know on Instagram, I feel like right now what's getting prioritized are like seven second reels, which is insane and so hard to fit any sort of information in those seven seconds. So uh, if you're following me over at Instagram, A, if you're not, go ahead and follow me over there at Nutrition for Littles. If you are following me, you'll likely see my stuff and a lot of it points you to the caption for longer details because seven seconds is literally only long enough to get someone's attention. I don't feel like there's a ton of teaching going on in there unless I put a ton of like text on the screen and then you have to like hold it, you know, all the things. But that's why I love the podcast. I love having this outlet for you guys to learn more, to hear more, to be able to go a little bit more in depth. So uh, thanks for being here and thanks for subscribing. And if you haven't already, and this podcast has helped you even just a tiny bit, it would mean so much to me if you left a written review, it takes one minute or even just a few stars, or you can uh, send it to a friend. It would mean so much to me. It's how I help more and more families just like yours, especially with free content like this. So it's an easy send to a friend or family member who might have a little kid of their own who they're struggling with pick eating, or maybe they're not, but it's just a good resource. So I hope to hear from you in that way. All right, so now let's dive into this topic of safe foods. So I use this term a lot on my Instagram, and sometimes people get a little confused about the term. So I just want to really quick talk about what I mean when I say safe foods. So what I mean is a food that's safe to your child. It does not activate them. It doesn't freak them out. It doesn't worry them. doesn't give them anxiety. doesn't make them question it. It doesn't really feel like a threat to have on the plate. It's a food that they've reliably eaten in the past. A lot of people get this kind of confused with like a favorite food. And although yes, technically a favorite food is a safe food, not all safe foods have to be favorite foods. So I hope that's clear, but we want to make sure that there's at least one safe food on the plate during every meal or snack. And the reason behind this is because safe foods make it feel safe. You got it, right? You heard that, right? In your head, you got like a little voice going, you're like, I bet the answer is safe. This is not a trick question. It truly is about making your child feel safe and like they can approach the plate. Having something that is familiar just kind of like brings them in. And I think of this, maybe if you're visiting a foreign country or a friend for the first time, or you're feeling just a little uneasy about something, you know, when someone goes the extra mile to make you feel a little bit more welcome, it just feels a little safer. I'm trying to think like back when I was in high school, we had friends who had a Ford exchange student and she was traveling all the way from Spain. And I remember they just did little extra things to make her feel a little bit more at home. There was like a Spanish flag. They had some Spanish uh, food on the menu. They tried to learn a little bit of Spanish, like just a little bit to get her feeling a little more comfortable, a little bit more at home when she traveled so far away. And so it's just kind of that idea of making this plate a safe place for your child to 
witness new foods, to experience new things, but also to come to the table and actually be interested in eating. And a lot of times parents have this fear that if you give them their safe foods, that's all they're going to eat. And sometimes that fear is actualized. Like I have actually seen that happen to my child where I serve a safe food of, let's say, watermelon, and then all he eats is watermelon and he doesn't touch anything else. But in more times than not, especially when we're putting into practice everything else I teach and the frame of reference that I teach picky eating and reversing picky eating in, oftentimes that safe food is a bridge to get them to eat more and different foods, to get them to expose to different foods, to have different connotations around those foods that are on the plate next to their safe food. So it's kind of like a friend introduces you to a friend. That friend is now your friend. Like you didn't know them a second ago, but because my best friend knows them and vouches for them, now I know them and now um, I can vouch for them, right? And so it kind of creates this little community of food that's on the plate because of association with this familiar food. So it works really, really well. And it's the absolute bare minimum that I recommend to parents with picky eaters. So I'd always recommend having that safe food. It really it really helps uh, in so many different ways to calm your child and to bring them into regulation so that they can try a new food or at least be open to it. So it's really important to have it there. So I want to talk about, okay, what happens if your child really does just eat the safe food and then doesn't eat anything else? that's okay. And I know that feels really scary, but that's okay. It's actually what it's there for. Also as a way to fill up their belly if they don't want to eat anything else on their plate, if they're not in a position for it, if they're not ready for it, if they're too dysregulated, if they're too overwhelmed, whatever might be going on. Maybe we haven't addressed some of their needs to get them to try new foods in other ways. And so the safe food is at least there for them to fill up their bellies. We don't want them going to bed hungry. We don't want them to, you know, be cranky and throw a huge tantrum because they're hungry in 20 minutes or whatever that might be. And although we can't get guarantee those things, putting a safe food on the plate is the bare minimum to keep their blood sugar level, to give them some sort of energy, something to feed off so they can continue to do everything that they need to do and to grow and thrive and all things. Gosh, some tongue twisters in this episode today. So I hope that that kind of eases your mind a little bit. If you're on the side of right, but it feels like every time I put a safe food on their plate, that's all they eat and nothing ever changes. It doesn't help increase them to or increase the chances of them trying a new food. It doesn't. Maybe even in the moment they say that this food is now no longer their favorite, like they're not eating it anymore, whatever that might be. So I want to talk to those parents for a second. So putting a safe food on the plate alone is one strategy that works for some kids. Like some kids who have picky tendencies, putting a safe food on the plate alongside the food that you want them to try is enough for them to start eating new foods. For a lot of families, especially the families I work with, especially the families who need more support, that's not enough, right? That's not enough to help our child eat a new food because there's something else sticking in the way. Because it's not enough just to introduce you to a friend and all of a sudden they trust this friend, right? Like that is not enough. Maybe they have a history of something that has blocked them from eating a food that color or that texture or that smell before. Maybe they are just really unfamiliar, really scared. Maybe they have a texture aversion. Maybe they um, are just really uncomfortable at the table in their seat. They don't know how to use the utensils. They're not really proficient chewers yet. Maybe they have some fear there. Maybe they have some anxiety. Maybe they're dysregulated at the table. There's so many different things that go into trying a new food. So having a safe food, like I said, is the bare minimum, but it's also like level one. So that level one might be enough for some parents to pick it up and be like, yes, this works for my kid. As long as I put, you know, the grapes next to the goldfish, all of a sudden he'll start eating the grapes when he never had before. Sometimes that's enough. 
a lot of times, especially if you're listening to this podcast, it's not enough. And so it can feel a little deflating, like, well, I just keep putting the safe food on the plate and that's all they're eating. And now my child has had bread for 47 meals in a row. So I want to encourage you in two ways. Number one, if you have not yet, please check out my free training because I talk about this exact issue. And again, kind of how like reels have seven seconds podcasts. I also try to keep to around 15 minutes ish, but this training goes in depth. It's about an hour long, but I talk all about the different causes for picky eating and what your kid might be experiencing. Specifically, I dive even deeper into three of those causes and they're ones that I see quite often. And so it's really important for me to share not only what those are, but how to fix those specific issues. And then we go into generally all the other causes for picky eating. And once you understand why your child is picky, why they're not picking up the grapes and eating them, why they're not eating that food, it becomes so much easier to pick and choose what strategies we use to help our unique child. And that's why when you're on social media and you see those seven second reels go viral, you're like, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. Yeah, I tried that. Didn't work. Yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. It's because likely the things that go viral on social media, and I can tell you as a content creator, are not always like the most impactful things for the kids who need more help. So a lot of times they help majority of kids or a large amount of kids, or they help for a day or two or a week or two, but not really long-term. And that's because of that like seven second time limit and having to speak to the masses and also giving like new fresh ideas. It's just like an unfortunate issue with social media. So that's, again, why I have the podcast, why I have the free class, why we can go deeper in different ways. But I really encourage you to check out that free class. I will link it in the description box below. Highly encourage you if you're feeling a little defeated by this advice of a safe food you've tried it before and you haven't seen any success to take that free class. And I walk you through that more intensely. Number two, if this is defeating to you, if you feel like your kid has had bread for the last 47 meals, here's my second piece of encouragement for you. And the second uh, piece of advice for you, I would say, is to switch up your safe food, okay? So we don't wanna have the same safe food, bread, at every meal, at every snack, at every uh, opportunity to eat. We wanna be switching it up. We wanna be really intentional about what the safe foods are to not only get them nutrition from different foods, remember variety is king, but we also wanna be keeping our little ones on their toes. We don't want them to get too comfortable and all of a sudden they're like, where's my bread? Where's my buttered bread? Where's my buttered bread? At every single meal or snack, we want them used to change. Change is the only thing that should stay the same at the table. The only thing that should stay the same at mealtimes. Because when your little one is used to change, they're going to get way less upset when they see a new food on their plate because they're already used to change. So we want to get them out of that rut and get them getting different safe foods throughout the week so that we know some of their needs are getting met, but that they're also used to that change. So hopefully the goal is to get your child to be having a few safe foods in every single food group. And that's always my number one goal with every single family that I work with. So they have a handful of safe foods to choose from. And then we slowly build out and grow those lists until truly, and I tell you honestly, they get to a place where they don't even keep count anymore. It's like, there's so many foods. I could choose almost anything and my kid will eat almost anything out of these lists, which is an incredible place to be. And I want you to know that it's possible, but we don't get there tomorrow. It does take time. Okay. And now I want to take a second to talk to the parents who are like, all right, I think I know my kids safe food, but then I serve the safe food. And in the middle of the meal, or maybe right at the beginning of the meal, my toddler or child decides I don't like this food anymore. So what once was safe is no longer safe. And now we have a plate in front of them that they don't want anything on that plate. So two things that you can do in this moment. Number one, and this is like 90% of the time, I would encourage you to like 
honestly let that go. Let it go because we can only do what we can do with the knowledge that we have and what we know. I don't encourage you to have like a detailed script and list in your phone of foods that they've eaten, how much they ate of it, when they ate it last, when you served it last, when to serve it next. Like that is too much for our mental load to manage. So yes, I do encourage you to keep an eye out, to think through it, to kind of mentally keep track of what their safe foods are. We can't be super one, right? Like we can't be on charge in charge of it and on top of it all of the time. We're going to get it wrong and that's okay. So we do our very, very best. For example, my son who is right now uh, 13 months old. Okay. So this is not even within the realm of picky eating, but to use him as an example, because it's a very frustrating lately is that he has eaten bananas since, well, actually not from day one, but from very close to day one, loves bananas. He got really, really sick. And I don't know what happened, but he stopped eating solid foods. And now we're over the hump of being sick and we're back to solid foods. Will not touch a banana. But do I know that? No, I didn't know that until he stopped eating the banana. So I still serve the banana. I do the best I can with the knowledge that I have. So in those moments, every once in a while, it's okay if apparently none of these foods are a safe food. But that does mean that now we have to remove that list from our mental list of what foods are safe or not. We're like, okay, now this goes into a new category. And instead of being a safe food, we have to choose something else next time. I do not encourage you to get up and go find and scour and cook and make something new, like a rescue meal, because all that's going to create is a situation where they realize that as soon as I tell mom I don't want to eat this or dad that I don't want to eat this, she'll get up and make me move food or I'll get a bar or I'll get this or I'll get that, right? And so we actually don't want to encourage that behavior by flipping things on its head in the moment. Now, number two, okay? That's number one. I know that feels overwhelming. It feels very stressful to have like a time where your kid doesn't eat anything. I promise you it's going to be okay. They're either going to go back to eating that safe food, they're going to try a new food, or we're going to feed them again in another like two to three hours, right? Because we follow the meal and snack schedule or routine that Alyssa recommends. So that being said, option number two, and I have absolutely done this, but in a scenario where you're like, okay, we're going straight to bed after this, or you know, we it's been a few meals in a row that they're not eating, whatever that might be. In that, those cases, I always recommend doing a safe, like favorite food, but that you know, neither here nor there. So if you're in this situation and there's a way for you to make it feel like you forgot or, oh, let me grab this really quick. And you can just like grab some bananas and put them on the table or grab a loaf of bread and slab some butter on it and put it in the middle of the table for everyone. And you're not making it about them saying no to the meal. And so then you got up and you got a new food. I would encourage you to do that. But I want you to be really intentional. And this is kind of I don't know, the word that's coming to mind is sneaky. It's not actually sneaky, but you are being an observer. You're being a scientist. You're trying to recognize what's happening in the moment and adjust on the fly. And so if you can adjust on the fly without it really feeling like I'm responding to your negativity and therefore I'm getting up to go get you a new food so that you will eat and making it all about you, well, then I would encourage you to do that. If you can't and it's going to feel like, you know, little Teddy show or whatever it might be, don't do that. I would avoid it. It's okay if they have one meal where there's no quote unquote safe food because you did the best you could. So I encourage you to lay that down. Take a breath. We've all skipped a meal here and there. I myself today did not have lunch, not because I didn't have a safe food, not because I'm picky, but because I chose to take a nap instead. And that is mom life. Okay. So I hope 
that this was helpful. I know it can feel overwhelming. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're not sure what to do, if you like want the specifics, the deep hand holding, that is exactly what I do inside Table Talk, where I teach you exactly what to do in different scenarios. We troubleshoot. All of the things are in there. And of course, you get a month for free inside my membership. So I'm going to put that link down below as well inside the community. You get access to me where you can ask your questions. We can go back and forth. We can troubleshoot things like on the fly, which is really, really great. So I'll leave that link uh, down there below, but also make sure to check out that free class. So if you have not taken that, highly recommend. I thank you so much for being here, for listening to the podcast. Please spread it around. If this episode was helpful for you, if other episodes have been helpful for you, please send it to other families in need. My mission in life is to show families that they can actually enjoy mealtimes together as a family, creating memories, really connecting with their kids instead of dreading mealtimes like I used to do. It is possible and there is a way. And that way is through picky eating, right? Like getting rid of it, reversing it and getting to a place where your kids are actually like helpful at the table and kind at the table and not throwing food across the table and not complaining about what you made after the table because all of us in that situation dread mealtimes and that is not the goal. So thanks for being here and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.